0: Greetings, Poe fans. Welcome to another edition of Poe Unplugged. I am Carmen Bolden.
1: And I am Jeannie Smith, and we are the, the Poetastic Two. Come Zoom with us into the unbook Club dedicated to the works of Mr. Edgar Allan
0: Poe. All right. Good evening and welcome to Poe Unplugged, where we're going to talk about Edgar Allan Poe's The Bells. And we have Holly Michelle with us, and she is an author and illustrator and has her own Edgar Allan Poe Reimagined series. And um, Holly's going to definitely give us a lot of information about all of that here in just a second. Um, did everybody have time to read The Bells this evening? Yes. Okay. All right. Good deal. Um, One kind of neat thing um, I looked up is that, you know, I think most of y'all probably know this was Poe's last poem to be published. And it was actually um, published posthumously because, uh, hold on a second, Um, he uh, died before it got published, but it took him about a year to write. He uh, went over and visited a lady. Her name was Marie Louise Shue um, because he was having like inspiration issues. He was just kind of stuck. And so when they were visiting, having tea, he like there were lots of bells going on. And he even remarked that all these bell noises were making him not be able to focus and so she actually wrote down like the bells by ea poe and then started talking about the bells the little sil- silver bells and so that's where that poem kind of got started so i thought i don't know if everybody knew that or not so i wanted to share that had anybody heard that origin story
2: i heard a different heard origin it. story oh okay well share that share what you so heard. i don't know. I don't know where I heard it from, but I know it's when, when his wife was really sick. I, I thought, like, his nurse had, like, it was, like, he, it was, like, an inspiration from her because it wasn't she, like, wearing bells or she had robes and, like, there was, like, a, yeah. the carriage had bells. I had heard that as in – because he, he was having writer's block. I did, like, I had – that was part yeah. of it. But he was having writer's block, and he was just, like, I can't think of anything to write. And while she was there, he kind of came up with the idea of the bells, with hearing them somehow. Okay, I can't remember if it was on her person or if it was like the carriage with the horses. That's
0: interesting, and you know, just like with anything, there's probably lots of different stories yeah, yeah. You know, behind it from the the lore of, you know, how he uh, did write it. So that that's very interesting too. Yeah, has anybody else heard either one of those before?
3: Just the one you were telling me about. My English teacher told me that.
0: Okay, okay. So you had heard what I, the one I had just shared.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. the one that she, um, when she was teaching the poem in class, that's what she started with, and then we went right into the poem.
0: Okay, okay. Very cool. I wonder which one is true. <laughs>
3: I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey, I have no idea where. I, I don't either. From so, I d- yeah.
0: I don't either. And Holly, the, now that you say that, I think I may have heard that version too. Yeah. And so, um, Jeannie, did you find anything on that? Well, there's always certain things,
1: like on the uh, website that you posted where the bills were, they talk about Sartan's Magazine, how he did die before he posted it, because of the way they typeset it, he wasn't able to dictate how it was put and it actually ended up being put in two different columns um, okay. but for everything else being posthumously you know that part of his life especially towards the end whenever he died there's been so many different rumors so many different that's true you know dictates of how it actually happened what yeah. he had written when he had written it kind of goes down to it's one of those things of lore which one was actually true maybe they're all a little bit true they just all been spliced you know cut apart which is typical for that type of history
0: yeah uh, that's
1: very true someone like Poe, who wasn't exactly well loved and how his arch nemesis was the one that ended up posting his plays or not plays but his works and getting on all- for
0: it so yeah well in his obituary and about bi- you know a biography and all that with um you know Griswold and uh, you know with them and then even the Allens I think at one point throughout post-life were telling things that were not necessarily true either and making you know co- kind of like covering up you know some of the things that are not as um you know, nice for society, I guess you could say. And, well, and it assume. didn't make it
1: really uh, pertaining to that sort of status quo kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and also
1: with his poem, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but oh, I was just, okay. saying, oh, go ahead. I don't think he wrote it within one sitting period, like normal, you know, most yeah. people works for a long period of time. And I think he wrote it over a You know, a specific time period because of the different types of bells he incorporates, like with different aspects. And to me, when I read it, it's like he was traveling and he was just writing what he was listening to. Yeah. time. So it's more like a traveling journal type aspect of the three that I read into it so yeah
0: I could see I could definitely see that um Jay Christensen um, had posted I heard the same that he had writer's block and the university spells was inspiration after Virginia's death and so
1: um
0: and I'm gonna admit Leela in she just joined us give her a moment Yeah. Hey, Leela, we, we already started. And so we're just talking about kind of uh, a little bit of the background of where uh, Poe had got the inspiration for the poem, the bells and um, some of those types of things. Um, And I think uh, one other thing I read about the, actually the, I think I'm trying to remember, let me look it back up. The, one of the sets of bells was actually is now kind of referred to as like Edgar Allan Poe's bells. Um, I can't remember which ones they are because he was in Fordham in New York when he wrote this uh, or, you know, kind of finalized it. And I don't remember which set, uh, but there were lots of bells that around the area that you could kind of associate. With ringing and giving off all of these noises to kind of either make him have writer's block or give him the inspiration. Uh, let's see. And I think it may be the, let's see, the bells at the chapel of what is now Fordham University. Those are the ones that are called pose bells in like the local tradition around that area. So I thought that was kind of cool too. So kind of interesting so what did everybody think of the poem
3: i enjoyed it i how am i I'm going to put this it kind of was kind of significant at this point mm-hmm. when i read it because it starts out like i associated beginning this like beginning of you know his childhood and then it goes into maturity and then it moves on to maturity and then death <laughs> did, did, yeah yeah just just the way i the way it started out light when i read it and it seemed to get darker as i progressed through it
0: i i totally agree and um it definitely you could kind of signify that you know if if you had a you know a person's lifetime going through the silver bells at the you know the beginning of childhood going into kind of the golden years and then the brazen bells of maybe thinking about um you know past regrets or anything kind of thing in your life that you know you should have done you know you're getting to that stage of you know um before the autumn of your years, kind of quoting from Frank Sinatra <laughs> yeah. and and then going into the iron bells of like, you know, kind of the, the era of, you know, being elderly or something like that. Definitely. Well, Anybody I, else thoughts?
3: Well, I did pick up on one other thing. I noticed that the bells started out like um, softer, like the tinkle and the, you know what I'm saying? Like what they're made mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end, the belts are stronger. Just, th- am I making sense? Yes, yes. Okay. It's been a while since I had read it. I mean, high school was what, 35 years ago?
1: I'll <laughs> bring that out there,
3: Keith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, we're we're going to say it was just yesterday. All right. It was yes, yesterday. Yes, yes. Exactly. Let's say in the, the <laughs> exactly. in the Golden Bells era, we're still in the Golden Bells. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts about that? Like agree, disagree, or any other things that you guys picked up on?
4: Yeah,
2: well, definitely it's stages, yeah, stages of life for me. Um, yeah, I had, I mean, it's one of those poems that's just super fun to read out loud. It was meant to be read out loud. I had read somewhere he kind of even designed it that as meant to be a song or sing song. Um, yes. So there's a lot of, it's one of those ones like if you out loud it's just a lot. Of, it's like a like the Doctor Zeus thing. You know what I mean? I know Poe came before him, but just fun to, yeah, it's fun to read out.
0: Yeah, I I agree. In fact, I kind of put my own like rhythm with it in when I was re when I was rereading it. it, um, because it kind of made it fun to do that.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm I'm going to go a little dark here. So.
0: Well, of course, Jeannie. You always, of course,
1: you yeah. <laughs> know, I always do dark. That's my thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't help it. It's just my way. It's I, all good. I view, I view this poem and always have as the stages of grief. Okay. I was like in the first stanza, it talks about the slave bells, the silver bells. To me, that's always about denial. That you're thinking about how this can't be, you know, happening. It's one of the, the happiest times. You're going to totally forget about anything else that's going on in the world. And it's all about the soft and the, the quiet and the denial of it. And then you go into, you know, next one talking about how it's the swells and now the, the bells are starting to seep in because that second stage of grief is coming in where you get the point of, you know, trying to get with the anger and then you go with the, you know, the total disarray, the denial, the anger. And then you're finally in the end the very last stanza it has all about you know the kneeling the ghouls the death where you finally just come to acceptance of you know death is the last part of life and it's the last part of grief and yeah. because you know it's edgar
0: yeah and i i can definitely say that especially with the last line to the moaning and the groaning of the bells mm-hmm. definitely yeah you she went just you definitely went dark you definitely went dark, yeah, but no, I can I can no, see no. that. I can totally see that, though. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, I can I can too. By looking at it that direction, I yeah. I can see it. It makes absolute sense. Of course, when I talked to my sister about it, she compared it to the changing of the seasons.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, that's, she,
3: that's how true. she looked at it. Well, and that goes along
1: with what because one of my favorite well. Uh, I mean, favorite might be a little too, you know, and, but one of the, the poems out of the Bible from Ecclesiastes is to everything there is a season, you know, and oh. it's got all the different things and, you know, life comes with death and that kind of thing. So, you know, Poe, we all know, is very much a man who had struggles with everything from life to death. And so it just, it just seems that, when you hear those bells, the different, the different ringing in your head kind of clangs and knocks out different ideas, different feelings. And That's just one of the things that I think about. So,
0: yeah. Sorry, I had to ring. I had to ring my <laughs> bell. <laughs> yeah, ringing the bells. <laughs> I, I yeah. can say,
3: I can say one thing: reading it out loud. I, I, when I read it out loud, I, I got, I was okay with it. i Mm -hmm. I did okay i'm like the sound of my own voice wasn't getting on my nerves Mm -hmm. well then i found it on youtube where they had different people reading it and i thought i was going to lose my absolute mind this afternoon (laughs) listening to other people read it i'm like you've got (laughs) to stop this
0: Well, Keith, did you was there one on YouTube that like you that you thought was like the best version? Just the, so people can go seek that out?
3: The best version to me personally, and, and I'm it's because I'm a big fan of his, but it was a version read in the likeness of christopher lee christopher lee didn't do it oh, okay but the guy read it in his likeness because we know how christopher lee was when yes you know, when his acting and, and he did the raven that i love so much i've kept a copy of that mm-hmm. saved on my computer so and that version i was like oh i'm, I'm okay with this i can handle this one because it okay. wasn't all over the place like some of the readings that i listened to this afternoon
0: Oh, very cool! I, I wrote that down, and that's why I wanted to, it, like, if uh, to share that way. And I, I'll, I may go here in just a second and find it and put it in the chat for everybody. Um, did you find any versions that that people were singing it? I, that was one thing I, because I didn't yes. even think to look for this.
3: Yes, there's actually um, there was a guy that made it into a song back in the '60s. It was like a folk song. I cannot, I can't remember his name but um and then there was a choir that did it and one i was just you know you know me you give me a topic i'm on youtube all day long uh, right yes just <laughs> looking and seeing the different ways things are done but um it set to music it was it was interesting um, but the choir when they did it they did it without music um um oh cappella. is that it yes yeah and the way the you know beginning it the, we're going really bit fast in the beginning the tinkling of the bells and all that the bells the bells the bells you know kind of happy and joyous and mm-hmm. then it kind of slowed down and got a little heavy toward the end okay. the bells the bells. You, you not that i'm doing that quite as well as they did but i mean it was it was enjoyable i mean okay. so the singing part of it, the folk song one i didn't particularly care for but
0: yeah well, I just found it on YouTube the the version in the the vein of Christopher Lee. I added that in the chat. And so, yeah, I definitely will listen to that later. that's that's really cool.
4: Any other thoughts on the poem? Did you all like it? So I kind of agree with what Holly and Jeannie said when I read it, when read it, it kind of just reminded me of this guy was looking at his life. and it started out, it was okay. But then as it continued, just stuff just got worse and worse his outlook on his life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a combination between those two. Because you start reading, you're like, "Oh, this is cute," and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" You know. So I took it as a perspective of someone the way they viewed viewed their life, and it just kept getting worse.
0: Okay, yeah, Def- definitely. So, um, and it, that that definitely fits with Poe's like life if you think about the stages of what it, all he went through. Um, with all the loss that he had and everything. So yeah, totally, get that. Um, So on a lighter note, let's kind of move to Holly's, the bells and um, do the little show the, yes. And you can find that on Amazon and I'll, um, I'll put a link in the chat when she's talking about it. Um, but I, I, I've read it and it, Holly, I loved it. It was adorable, uh,
2: thank so, you, but appreciate.
0: you, you take it away and you kind of talk about everything.
2: So the whole inspiration for the bells for me came from actually my childhood. Um, I know Keith, you were saying that your teacher went over in class. So my introduction was a little different. We had to pick like either a poem or an excerpt from something to read in front of the class. And in our book, we had a little portion from The Bells, and that's why I chose. So that was kind of like, I just chose it, I memorized it, and I recited it. And to this day, I still have that section. I would be annoying and recite it to my husband. And at the time, I had always thought like, that was the entire poem, not realizing it was only part of the poem. So then I discovered, like, wow, it's actually quite long. Um, and I wanted to, I started out as a child uh, illustrator and author. I wanted to do something with Edgar Allan Poe. So I kind of went back to that poem for my first one. I was thinking when I read it, because I ahead had read an excerpt as a child again, I had thought it was actually about Christmas, because starting with the very first verse, of like the silver bells and everything, and I automatically thought of Santa Claus. So I kind of stuck with that, and my goal in this kid's book is to basically introduce children to Edgar Allan Poe in a way that they can relate to. So maybe they're not getting what his original meaning was, but it's kind of like you get to see his words in the story it's his words mixing with my words to tell a different story but you still get all of his words and there's like a a word uh, vocabulary section so you can learn them Um, so that was kind of then my thing was with the bells I'm not sure how many people here are familiar with the story of the Krampus Mm -hmm, Um, he's basically he wears the chains and the bells And I kind of just thought like, well, this is Edgar Allan Poe as a little kid, the main character. I'm like, well, he thinks he hears Santa's bells, but it's not Santa's bells. It's the Krampus who comes down the chimney and he has to use his writer's wit to kind of get ahead and save all the naughty little boys and girls. So that's basically the premise of the story told through Edgar Allan Poe's poem. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's great. And and she does, you know, she is an illustrator and does, you know, all the artwork herself. And uh let me show a few things, but yeah, I loved Holly that you did have the um you know as an English teacher when I saw you know the the vocabulary so yeah the kids read and, for
2: words you never oh, read. Nice. Yes, <laughs> I was like, oh this is awesome. Yeah. This is so awesome. But and you know what's um, funny? In the original version you have Carmen, I took out the tinulation. Yes, and I actually put it back in, so I owe you a newer version. Oh, okay. The why I did that was because I thought it's a really hard word for an adult; it'd be too hard for like the age group I was gearing towards. Yeah. And I kept running into these poe people who are like, "Oh, well, about the word, which technically, you know, he made up for that poem, Exactly. Which is now a word, but he had originally made it up, like well created the word once he made it up until two words to come together." Yeah, um, so that's actually back in the book, because all it really means is ringing. So I put it back in there. So it's actually in the newer version. Um, since this was the first one I did, because I was trying to say as true to his words as possible. Only Absolutely. the only words I changed is like, I like the word bosom. If you if you read anything from that time period, people love that word. It's yes. just a very antiquated word today. And it's just a word that I just take out anytime I do any sort of an adaption, just because it's just not what we think of. At least it's not what I think of. To yeah. um, so that and the continuation, which I actually ended up pointing back in later on. Um, yeah.
0: And I, and I can see why you would take it out kind of initially just because that it is a hard word, especially. And I don't
2: know it if it I'm kids. saying, to be honest, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it correct. I've heard people say it several different ways. So it's one of those words I, I shy away from because I'm like, well, am I not saying it right? Are you not saying it right? Because it's not a word people really say and or use. Yeah, so absolutely. I, but I did put it. I did put it back in there uh, just to be like, because it is a cool word, and since there is a vocabulary section. I mean, it's there for you to look up if you have, you're like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But like, here's just some more of just the artwork and the, what I was holding up a minute ago was uh, at the beginning and what I, what I thought was so really cool was like on here and she's got the little bitty bells on the tree and just, just really cool.
2: And the cat is Pluto. I want to yes. call it that Carmen. The black cat has a little P on his uh, necklace there. I did. He is a pet, he <laughs> is a pet cat named Pluto. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Black cat. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. Oh, I did. I caught it and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, she weaves in um, Poe's actual uh, real brother and sister, Rosalie and Henry. Yep. And so I thought that was really cool, too. So does anybody have questions for Holly about the Bells or any of her other stories? I was going to say, please feel free to talk about some of your other stories as well, or in even some of your other work, because I know you've got lots of other series and stuff.
2: Yeah, well, the Edgar Allan Poe Reimagined series, you know, the Bells was the first one. There's several other ones, uh, I would say, geared towards, like, between, like, the five and ten. I mean, younger, because you do get introduced to Poe Young. We have that one. We have The um, the Raven, which is an Edgar Allan Poe Christmas Carol, which is really probably uh, one of my favorites. Telltale Heart, which is a Edgar Allan Poe lesson in emotional awareness, which actually is my absolute favorite. But, I mean, you got to be a real big Poe fan to truly understand and appreciate that one. Because um, with anything where it's a little spooky, you know, some kids, you think the kid's down with spooky books and the parent is like, yeah, no, it's too scary for my kid. That's why mm-hmm. I try to have pictures, like for you just kind of view, preview the book. Um, there's that one, and um, Fall of House of Usher, and hopefully soon, uh, the Oblong Box, which is going to be a Christmas mystery, Ooh. will be fun, out soon. Fun, yeah.
3: Oh, that sounds interesting. That for a Christmas mystery, I like yeah. that one. I like it. Yeah. I just I watched it the other night. You know, late show, couldn't sleep. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, I, t- I love I love the story. To me, the story is so like like gut-wrenching. Like
3: yeah.
2: I just love that story, but I'm like, well, how do you make it geared for children? And I, I discovered a way, Keith. <laughs> I oh, think will cool. like it.
3: <laughs> Oh, cool. I can't wait to see it.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, that will be.
1: Now, why did you want to gear this towards children? Was there just a any moment of saying, hey. I just want to write children, but I don't want to gear things towards children,
2: or, actually, you know. Actually, no, um, I started actually writing young adult um, books, at, like, it's, like, like, long novels and fantasy, uh, but I've always been an illustrator, and the editing process and doing an adult book is extremely lengthy, especially because, I mean, I'm not a clean writer. Uh, can't spell save my life, I know, but I'm a writer. <laughs> so, uh my sister has suggested like hey like you know why don't you start like drawing books like kids books to go along with the your adult one so like because i started with the jersey devil uh story Mm because i'm from new jersey and i live on the street the jersey devil was born on. it's a local legend about a demon which is right up my alley so i started like so in the process of editing i was like well let me edit draw a kid's book i didn't know if i could and it came out really good and I had a nice reception for that my very first children's book. I'm like, wow, well, actually a better reception for my children's books than my young adult. So I was like, all right, I really enjoy the art. It's very therapeutic to color for a living. (laughs) So I kind of just started from there. And then we did like a a zombies for children series because again, like all the dark stuff. And then the next book series was basically the Edgar Allan Poe one was kind of next. After I kind of got my foot in the door and everything.
0: That is very cool. Um, Jay Christensen um, said, "Love your books.
2: Are you submitting for this year's Saturday Visitor Awards too?" Thank you. Um, yes, I'm going to put in the um, the Raven, which is the Edgar Allan Poe Christmas Carol. Okay, I particularly like that one. I think that one's especially especially like clever, and it has like nice tie in with Charles Dickens uh, with the Raven. Um, so I've really that's uh, that's like most of, everyone in my family my husband's favorite. It's my my, sis- my sister's, my mother's favorite. It's a really, it's a really fun one. And I think the illustrations in that one are a little bit um more fun as well. Okay. Not that the one the bells is nice, but I got to play a little bit more with like the different Christmas themes. And okay, I actually cool. draw on like the original classic drawing from Gust- Gustav. I'm probably going to kill his name, so I'm not going to say the last name. <laughs> yeah. So I played on the original, like those classic black and white illustrations we think of with the Raven. Yes. I kind of got to play with that uh, and make it cartoonish for, for, for kids, but for the whole family. I have a lot of teachers yeah. buy the books um, for classroom things. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like a big teacher thing. Um, so it's, it's nice to actually kind of like, you know, they see the illustration like that and when they get a little older they can see the other more um, classic illustrations.
0: Oh, that is, that's, that's really cool, and I think, um, like, we, we talked to Holly a few minutes before everybody else kind of joined us, and Holly, you mentioned uh, kind of the, kind of the, I guess, triangular uh, connection of, like, the Bells with Poe and Dickens, if you want to share that, because I thought that was really neat.
2: So um, I have recently, to get in the Christmas movie, I've been reading Charles Dickens' uh, classic uh, holiday stories, and I had <laughs> never read The uh, Chimes before, which is funny because, you know, it's about bells. So it's basically that connection, too, with, like, Edgar Allan Poe, who wrote a story about bells, so did Charles Dickens. And kind of at the bells in the beginning of Charles Dickens, too, it starts off with, like, this man, like, these are beautiful sounds to the man after we've been talking about this. And then at the end, it's kind of like, Basically, these goblins come out of the bells and basically do show show him like what his life was like, you know, when he gives into depression. This is like, but you know, Dickens usually has a happy, optimistic ending. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. don't like it's too much away if you want to go back and read it. I've really enjoyed the story. I mean, no one does dialogue like Charles Dickens. Um, but yeah, it was kind of I thought when as I was reading it, I was like interested. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool because it kind of just another kind of interesting connection to add those bells. Uh, Charles, I think is obviously, like I said, it's like a, it's actually a New Year's story more than a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was kind of like an interesting, just an interesting time, because plus like with my, my bells, I kind of always thought as a child, like, I instinctively thought Christmas. So okay. yeah, everybody go, if you wanna read it, it's... I mean, it's not very oh, long, broke. it's just a short story, but it was really good
0: well cool yeah I, de- I definitely am going to check that out I've I think I've got a short collection of Dickens works I've got a Christmas Carol by itself but um I have not I've read some Dickens but I haven't read all of them and there's I, there's a few that I definitely want to check out
2: yeah and that's so kind that's of how I feel time. too like I feel like I mean like I said to my husband like if he's been like on the back burner for so long I'm like I need to, like, start reading these, so it's kind of, i am reading right
0: now. (laughs) Absolutely, and, uh, you know, uh, Dickens actually, you know, tried to help Poe out,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um, you know, in Europe uh, when he went back, you know, because he came over to America, and Poe did get to meet him, and, um, you know, he really did try to help Poe, you know, become even more of a published author, uh, and it just, you know, it didn't necessarily work out. <laughs> but
2: um yeah, it was a cool little tie-in for me. Like I I made me, I guess, appreciate and like the story, I think, even a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely just another little interesting that they both kind of had like a story about bells.
0: Yeah, I, I that that is that is awesome. And then, you know, with you know uh Dickens having his own Raven. Well, he had, I think, a couple named Grip and then uh Poe, you know, having the raven, the story, yes. the poem, I should say. Um, and if you are in Philadelphia, go to the museum there, and you can see the stuffed taxidermied grip on display. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had three.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but, Holly, one question I have for you is, Have you just ever thought about maybe upping it a little bit more into the graphic novel area of doing more of a crossover, like what some of the comic books are doing now? I know it would gear toward more of a a pre that type of area, because teaching middle school, that's kind of what they like is the graphic novels. And I was thinking when I saw yours and read it, it would be great to put it as a storyboard graphic novel type.
2: Yeah, and like me personally, I absolutely love graphic novels. And I'm like a weird artist. Like my, I'm like cartoony, but I actually can do fine art. The only award I've ever won was actually in fine art, even though I particularly, I like a pop art, graphic art style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually started, I wanted to do kind of like a, so the problem with graphic novels is that they always abbreviate the words which some people are okay with, but if you've ever like read really reviews on graphic novels, like, well, you change the words. Well, yeah, I have to, because it's the story is told with the picture, not with words. Like, you know, it's more picture oriented. So I had originally wanted to do a full, like, almost like a picture book graphic novel. I actually had started to do a Tale to Heart where I was doing really like more fine art, but black and white, real sketchy, where it actually looked like a human's face versus like a cartoon blob. Mm-hmm. Um, But then I thought to myself, like, I could actually make, like, a 50-page graphic novel, just illustrations, because there's so much storytelling in that, and keep all his original words, and just have it be a picture book for adults. But the problem is with that, and I hate to say it comes down to money, but it's by the time I'm done doing those illustrations, because you're talking, I had figured out I'd have to do 150 illustrations, and then print it, you know, like, and I was like, which is not, not an issue, but then it's like, well, are you really going to spend like thirty bucks for one story that you could essentially read for free online? And there's so many other graphic books out there. So that's kind of when, at the point, I actually did that before the kids' book. And I said to my husband, like, these are coming out really cool. But each picture like that takes almost six hours to do. And that's before with any like no color and have to be black and white. And if I want that color, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, it is such so cool. I would love to do it. But then, like, you know, because otherwise you're cutting the words out. And I just don't, mm-hmm. as at this point, I just don't know if there's really a market for like an adult picture book. I mean, there's, of course, there's a fanatic, like there's Poe fans, they're going to buy everything. Mm-hmm. But for like, it's kind of hard to just kind of bridge that gap I want to. But as of now, it just doesn't seem practical. I mean, I would love to though, just, actually, one day.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking on the aspect of when we deal with the kids in our classroom that have like learning disabilities or that kind of issue, that those types of books that they struggle with comprehension, they struggle with anything reading wise, that something that visual kind of helps them learn along with it. So I thought that would be just an idea. And I didn't know if you know, would we'll be plausible, but like you're saying. Yeah. I,
2: wish, I mean, I wish I mean I did but... yeah, I did a couple illustrations. because I, I did it. He started off telling the story when he was in an insane asylum and he was like all wrapped up and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah. I mean I started doing it. I have a friend who wrote who did a graphic no actually did a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um Lou Pe- I'm gonna say his name wrong. How you said Lou's last name? It's Lou Pesci, like the actor, right? He, oh. <laughs> he was a yeah. He was a okay. I, I think I say his name wrong. But he did a graphic novel. I met him through my friend Leroy, who was to joyce shape, wasn't able to. He texted me saying sorry, but um yeah, he actually did a great graphic novel with really cool illustrations. Um and then when I saw his illustrations, I was like, wow, this is really really cool. And I was like, you know, when you compare yourself to others, you're like, wow, this is really cool, Lou. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go in a different direction, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was like drawing my hand. but I was like, "This is really cool." Yeah,
0: because yeah, wow, I, I was gonna say because six hours and I'm sure plus depending on how detailed some of the illustrations would be, that's a that's a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have my poor, disgusting fingers. I mean, you can't see, them. they're all like not like I got my husband got me for Christmas like finger protectors for the book I'm working on now with color pencil. Yeah like 8 hours of coloring pencil which is super so, so fun but then like my hands like like this.
1: So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, one of like our closest is. well my best friend but one of our closest friends uh, she is a drawing and fine arts person and I know when she does she does the big paintings like the 16 by 24s the 30 mm-hmm. by and those things take anywhere from one full 12 hour to almost two or three days.
2: Oh, easily, easily.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, doing it in a book version, as you can see, it may be smaller, but it's just a lot of fine details and those types of things. So Mm -hmm. I thank you for having (laughs) that dedication to that because, you know, it makes my hand cramp with arthritis thinking about it, so... (laughs)
0: absolutely yeah but i mean your the your artwork is beautiful it just the colors are amazing and just it makes the story really pop definitely so all right any other questions for holly or thoughts um any kind of thing another thing i want to say is for any of you
1: that get our um, journal the raven journal Mm-hmm. Last month was Holly's uh, Gothic Guest debut, where we put the information on the website where she has not just her Edgar Allan Poe books, but all of her children's books. So you can find it on that. And if you haven't signed up for our journal, then you can uh, send an email to Carmen, and yes. she, well, we can add you to it. So we have different Gothic guests before we have our Poe and plugs and our podcasts and stuff so you can find all her information and find uh, where her works are at if you don't want to look them up on amazon you would directly to her website so yes
0: absolutely so and it, you know before we do have our poem plug you can research you know whoever our gothic guest is going to be on here uh, before joining um, and check out their work and things like that but she's got you know with her especially her book covers, um you know her artwork is displayed beautifully on her website
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so is that the only project that you're working on right now is the oblong box or have you got have you Do multiple on, things at one time
2: i'm like i'm all over the place i have a really exciting book for any mary shelley fans i'm doing uh nice. frankenstein meets oh, santa cool. claus and the, oh, illustr- nice. and the illustrations are like um i want to say a cross between like a folk art graphic novel mm-hmm. and that's why i said my hands cramping the illustrations oh. on that book are going are they're beautiful they're like way more serious based off the book not like the cinematic movies um here's a, I just i just have this pad i'm working on it that's oh, a blast. So, very cool i uh, like I can't tell if I'm showing it like this thing. I mean, the colors are all weird, but just a oh. more fine. I think they're the only ones that are done those pads, but really. That, um,
0: that is often awesome with the ravens, yeah. too.
2: Yeah. This, this scene mm-hmm. with the wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to pick up the colors in white, but I mean, it, it's going to be a really yeah. cool one once the words go to it. Oh, very cool
3: oh, yeah. very oh, right you thank, thank you for
2: sharing
0: that with us a little <laughs> sneak peek <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh. especially mary shelley she's another awesome writer who mm-hmm. bullied for lack of a saying word of the, all the guys around her and saying you can't write a, uh, you know you can't write a horror story and she's like bet me all right you know Mm-hmm. She also made sure that she published under
0: her own name. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well kind I was of very a, proud uh, of that. Yeah, the mother of science fiction, really. Mm-hmm.
3: But it's a great read. Yes,
0: yes, it, uh, it is. is. It, it's,
3: it's it's nothing like the movies portray yeah. it. I mean, I I got more out of the book than I did the Frankenstein movies. Although Boris Karloff did great. I, yes, I, you know, I've we got a, a, I like the classics, yeah. but the book the book was really I was surprised how much it really emotionally I got into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I I think most of those classic, uh, mon- like yeah, you think of the Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. None of the books are like what they've portrayed, which I understand why they did what they did. And I love the movies separate from the books, and the Correct. books are all fantastic. Yes. even even uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, I love Frankenstein because it's to me like she wrote the horror story because
1: hey, you build the perfect man and it always comes out screwed up. So hey <laughs> <laughs> like, I viewed it. So I
0: was like, all right, there we go.
1: She's oh, my goodness. hero
0: all right well any uh last thoughts on the bells oh well hold on let's see hold on uh Jay christensen says as a teen amazing she's been mentioned on a bunch of shows recently like wednesday and midnight club a hero totally agree um yes. i have not watched wednesday yet but uh my husband and i are gonna probably binge watch that soon we're trying to finish some other shows yeah,
3: first. you are gonna love it I binge watched it it in one, two days. And I was like,
0: yeah. I've heard there's all kinds of Poe connections and things like that. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Jeannie, you may have to come Mm -hmm. over and we binge this together.
1: Probably considering I don't watch television anymore.
0: So, yeah. That's true. Yes. I'm like, yeah.
2: I read. She takes
0: pride in saying how long her TV has not been on. <laughs> exactly, I do. It well, hasn't
3: I've, been
1: on since 2018. So I'm
3: congratulations!
1: So,
3: oh wow. <laughs> I mean, no, I just, and I, I'm
1: not on any social media, yeah. either. So
3: I I turn the TV on for Wednesday just because I saw the heard the advertisement come yes. across the computer, and then uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'll sit down and watch this. But most of the time, it's all music's playing, and my face or nose are buried in a book.
0: Yep. Yes, there we go. Yes, yeah. I'll probably have to go to Carmen's house to watch it. So. <laughs> oh yes. Well, and uh, kind of coming coming back to Poe, uh, the um, movie, uh, the Pale Blue Eye, mm-hmm. is coming out soon, yes. and um, I've read the book behind it, and the book is fantastic. And so I think you know if they've done it, if they've done it like they did, like Lewis Bayard did the book it's going to be fantastic. So just very, very have, good homage or awesome homage to Poe.
3: Well, I've seen some it, of the, the critics.
1: Yeah. Some of the reviews, because it was pre, came out in December for a little bit in select theaters. Mm-hmm. Some of the critic reviews have actually come out saying that Christian Bell does a really good job. Um, and it's, you know, it's definitely an homage to Edgar
0: Allan Poe. Yeah. And let's see, Micah says, the book had me completely fooled. Can't wait to watch Batman join forces mm-hmm. with the creator of the modern detective story. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally agree, Micah. Absolutely. Yes. And I agree. Yes, the book had me fooled as well. When And I'm definitely not going to give away what happens. But it was like, yes, this is awesome ending.
3: <laughs> well, now, now I've got to go order the book.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I, I, li- I listened to it, and I can't remember who read it, but whoever the, the person that, um, you know, did the reading, the voice was so good, and um, so if you like to listen to books. Um, yes. I, like I just I think recently
3: I, started that.
0: Okay, I, it, it's a nice uh, read. I got it on Audible, and so. Um, pale Blue recommend. Eye? Yes, the Pale Blue Eye. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, any last thoughts on the bells or questions for Holly or anything like that?
4: I do have, I do have one thing to say, Um, you know, with, with, with my daughter, we always look for weird, like odd children's books. And now she's unfortunately 17, but I still look for kids books because I love like odd illustrations and stuff. And, one of the that. things I appreciated when Holly made her series, which is yeah. one of the things I get spoiled when she hits me up, she says, hey, what do you think about this? I like the fact that in comparison, because I was one of those weird parents, I always looked for really odd books for my daughter, like the Halloween ones that were creepy. And, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't a lot when she was young, like inspired by really well known, you know, uh writers and I really like the fact that I I call it the Poe essence that she really kept the Poe essence because even a lot of new stuff that now people are really into Poe so you have them available to you for kids but a lot of them made it more baby like where I feel like Holly's always has that eerie factor which I was like looking for when my daughter was young and I just couldn't find it so I I really appreciate she still kind of keeps that darkness. And even though her illustrations are colored, they're like dulled down in comparison to, you know, some of the other children's book that have kind of taken Poe and kind of retold a story, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good um, note to talk about that because um, I, I know just how I was as a child and that would have appealed to me heavily and that was not available way back in the day, and I really wished it would have been, because I would have, I would have read every single one of them and gone, "Come on, give me some more."
1: <laughs> well, and on that aspect, Holly, I think you did an awesome job with the colors, keeping it very psychological. Yes, Yeah. That's one of the reasons that so many of the children's authors dumb, well, I hate to use the words dumb down, but dull down that's a good way of saying it dulled down a lot of their stories is they take away that part of the essence as crystal said the visual Mm -hmm. you know don't use the reds don't use the greens because they invoke different types of emotions in certain children and all that and a lot of people want to stray away from that but that's one of the things that grabbed me the most about just the fronts of your books is the color always draws me before anything else on anything. Yeah. I always look at colors. And so just the color of the red devil, you know, it's like, boom, that draws me. Right. <laughs> Cause you know, I am that one of those weird persons like crystal says that I like being drawn to that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It makes it more real. And I like things that are not really can't be, you know, realistic in some aspects unless you truly believe in the devil and that kind of thing but and demons but to me it's like hey it makes it visually real to me so that's another thing
0: that's great props on that too yes yes awesome all around yes. <laughs> and we we thank you so much for joining us holly <laughs> and talking about your inspiration and just keeping poe alive you know forevermore i always like to say that because it, it's true and I, you know, I think many people, more people, I should say, have come to know Poe and all of the different aspects of his writing. It's not just about horror. It's about all kinds of things. And I just, I love that we can just keep, keep him going and just, mm-hmm. you know, for as long as we can. Um, we are going to... Uh, meet next month for Poe Unplugged on January 24th Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a Tuesday just want to kind of give everybody a heads up Um, you know seven o'clock central standard time so I know a lot of everybody on here is eastern so that's eight o'clock and joining us for that uh, Poe Unplugged our gothic guest for January um, his name is Jason Markiewicz And he does like um, radio style um, portrayals of Poe's works, kind of like old radio theater style. And so I've listened to a few snippets of uh, some of his work and, uh, you know, we've been talking with him trying to get everything set up. And so on Poe Unplugged, uh, it's been, Jeannie, how long ago did we talk about The Raven?
3: uh it was back at the beginning of the year i think
0: i think yeah so. it's like yeah, the very first one I yeah. I think maybe so well we're going to revisit the raven okay. for for january but look at it through the lens of the the horror that comes out of it the those things and i think before we looked at a different lens and so um you know so please definitely join us next month and mm-hmm. um yeah
1: once okay. more, of the journal will have him as our gothic guest. Yes, to we'll his YouTube, his different things that you can check out, along with other aspects of like our podcast and mm-hmm. other things like different announcements we make when we hear about anything with Poe. Uh, I know Carmen and I in April are going to be at the steampunk, yes, Poe esque. That's,
0: um, that's going to be where Baltimore. In it's in Baltimore. It's the, the Tell, Telltale Steampunk Festival um, mm. in Baltimore. And it's going to be on April 1st and yes. 2nd. Um, it's I can't remember what hotel mm. it's at, but we will be putting that in mm. our you know our journal. And mm. uh, so you'll be able to see that. But yeah, so Jeannie and I are going to be traveling together to that. And so oh. we're really excited about it. Um, and we'll, we're working on some merchandise that's going to have that steampunk, steampunk factor yeah. with Poe. And so kind of really mm-hmm. pulling out things, um, of his, like, uh, the balloon hoax and things like that. The, um, mm-hmm. what is it? The, the I'm going to butcher the title, but it's like the adventures of Hans Fall. I can't remember exactly, I, like off the top of my head. So yeah, but, okay yes it's another it's another balloon tail <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah so pay attention to any of those and we'll we'll continue to push it as closer we get and keith since you're up in the virginia way we'll wave as we go by if you want to pop up into baltimore to see us yeah well, thank
3: you jersey i've got time on my hands for a lot of things now so
1: Woohoo! that's cool yeah and Micah being in California is kind of difficult unless you're on the East Coast for some reason. Yes. Leela, <laughs> I think, is up in DC area. Yeah,
0: yeah, I am. So yeah. Maybe I could will try to come.
4: Sounds good. good okay.
0: And then Jay yeah. Christensen, what area are you at in? yes micah the commute
1: would be a horrible problem for you
0: <laughs> yes yeah he did he just commented on that <laughs> yeah. okay oh so she, okay northern virginia so oh, yeah nice. so that's not too far from baltimore so baltimore? yeah
1: so we could you know might see people or just wave as
0: we go by saying
1: hey you might you know hey here we go Absolutely. Um, no unless we drive or fly and if the flights keep screwing up the way they are we might end up having to drive
3: but <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's
1: not really a bad trip but yeah once more holly we thank
0: you for joining us We thank you thank you thank you very, well. thank you both
3: thank you. You. very interesting yes, thank you it was yes. great yes.
0: yes this was really so, enjoyable so
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah all right well thank you everybody. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're in the middle of Christmas and new year. And so happy holidays to everybody. Please enjoy your new year. And we really enjoyed having everybody on here. Um, Micah says, thank you, Holly and Carmen. So good to see everyone. Happy holidays. Yep. And so um, just, yeah, have a fantastic new year and we can't yep. wait to see you again in 2023.
3: All right, yep. everyone have a great day here. Right. Yeah. All
0: right, bye. bye, guys. Bye. See you next time. You. All right, yes.